Mountain Fruit. For over 15 years, Mountain Fruit has been the preferred grocery for the discerning kosher consumer, providing meat, fish, and produce departments, delicious takeout, and so much more. Visit us today, 1523 Avenue M, or call us for free delivery, 855-MT-FRUIT. Also inquire about our member program, Mountain Fruit, the peak of quality, 1523 Avenue M, 855-MT-FRUIT. Visit us online at shopmountainfruit.com. Welcome to Kashrus on the Air, your weekly radio show dealing with Kashrus issues for the kosher consum- consumer. And I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashrus Magazine. And tonight we have our special guest, Rabbi Nochem Rabinowitz from the OU, who's in charge of the Passover Guide for the OU, the OU Guide to Passover. It's a big, thick book. Uh, over a hundred pages uh, with uh, uh, with tremendous information in here, and uh, we have some. You have a little chiddush. We're going to be talking about hopefully later on the show, maybe at the end if we have a couple of minutes. The new GE Shabbos Keeper OU certified, which is a very interesting uh, uh, innovation that the OU has taken on, and we were interested in that topic. We've talked about it here so many times, but we're going to talk about today about Pesach, and I want you. Oh, he left. You want to ask him just if you, if you want to get call in, so I want to make sure he comes back. We're going to give out the number, and I want to make sure that you you call in when whenever you uh, you whenever you would like to to ask some questions or to comment on things, whatever you'd like to talk about tonight about Pesach. Please feel free to call in. Our studio number is seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight. And you can text us at 347-927-8398. Let me repeat those numbers again. The studio number is 718-683-5858. And we'd love to hear any question. We have, we have the OU representative and we both of us have a knowledge in general about the Kashmir field and Baruch Hashem. We're going to be able to answer all your questions, but if you don't ask them, we can't answer them. So that's 718-683-5858, or you can text us at 347-927-8398. So without further ado, let me welcome my guest, Rabbi Rabinowitz. Thank you for joining us. Rabbi Wickler, thank you so much for having, once again, um, allowing me to participate in this beautiful show. Lazakwe says Harabin, and uh, it's really an honor and, and a pleasure. Um, and it's a regular and, activity. Regular. And, this is six years, you know. Oh wow! wow. I think so. I think and at it's least six. Pesach, so there's yeah. no time to be lost. It's, it, it, people are, I'm sure, very, very busy now. And uh, maybe you're um, busy right now preparing for Pesach as you're listening at the same time. And uh, and it's it's really an honor to to be able to 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 help people to to make Pesach and to enjoy Pesach, which is uh, one of the most special times, of course, of the year. Uh, so I did, again, let me give the number out, 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858, to call with any questions you have. You know, and text I, us once again. Text, uh, text number 347-927-8398. Uh, While I'm at it, let me just tell the people listening, because a lot of people don't know these numbers. Uh, the best numbers to listen on, I find, is 712 432 Four two one seven, and uh, the other number is seven one eight five zero six nine zero nine nine. Those are the best numbers to listen to, and of course you can get us on on jrootradio dot com, and you can also get an, an app over there and listen on the app. And uh, so with that, let's go on to what's new this year. 
Okay, there, there's always new. There's always new products. I, I don't, you know, have, want to specifically speak about um, any one particular okay, product. Let's but do, but I, I just, you know, one, one of the questions that that often comes up, people often ask, "What is Pesach Hashkacha?" And when you approve a product, it's approved for Pesach. What does that mean exactly? So th- there is, of course, in the OU, and I'm sure it's it's similar with with some other Hashkachas, although it may not be exactly the same. When you see OUP on a product, or you see OU kosher for Passover on a product, that means typically, um, with some exceptions which I'll describe, it means that the product had special supervision. The mashkir was present. Um, he checked everything. He's present through the duration of the production. Um, just as an example, if you see tuna fish, which has a circle U and it has a P, that means a mashkir was there. So in addition to the fact that he um, checked the you know, ingredients for Pesach, he also examined the fish, he checked the fish, he was there, the product is a Bishel Yisrael product. So when you see Pesach, it means the Mashkiach was, was really there and involved throughout the entire process. When a product is not OUP, when a product has, and I'll just give an example of this, coffee. There are, um, for example, there are, there's Folgers coffee, both regular and decaffeinated, which the OU approves for Pesach, it doesn't have an OUP. Um, another example would be Taster's Choice. There we only approve the um, regular, but not the decaffeinated. And there's there's a reason for that. The decaffeination process can sometimes involve chametz, and that's why we can't approve that product. That means that a mashkiach was not there. A mashkiach uh-huh. was not there throughout uh-huh. the time. We have regular visits at this plant. That the, the company that makes this product has a mashkiach coming in from time to time. We approve the product for Pesach, we're comfortable doing that because there's really nothing else going on in the plant. When you see salt, um, that's a product which we, you know, we allow them to use an OUP year-round because there's really nothing going on. Water is another example. There are some companies where they just produce water, there's nothing else going on, we'll allow that. But for the most part, whenever you see an OUP, it means a mashkiach is present. Other products will approve them, and one of the most popular is, is of course, the Kirkland um, salmon. The, the Kirkland salmon is a product which the OU does approve. It has just a regular plain OU on it, and the OU approves it for Pesach because we're familiar and comfortable that this plant does nothing that would compromise the Pesach status of the product. It's just a raw fish product. That's all it but is. But I'm, I'm reading for now from the Pesach update from the COR of Detroit. Okay. And he, Rabbi Brody says, Kirkland signature frozen tilapia, lo- I'm sorry, chef's catch, that's an okay, that's not you. Uh, Kirkland, that's a, this is the tilapia loins. You were talking about salmon. Right, the salmon, the salmon approved. The OU actually did last year approve the tilapia as well. Right. This year, um, I'm, I'm not intimately familiar myself. There's a reason that the OU decided not to include that tilapia in this list. Um, there, there are some changes. Sometimes we have approved products in the past and we are not approving them or at least something about the status has changed. So uh-huh. the tilapia, the OU, has removed from the Pesach list. Uh-huh. Um, I'll mention just another example. Well, just by, let me yeah. finish up then, because I don't want to confuse everybody. But the, but the, the, the COR in Detroit did say is that the tilapia loins uh, should be rinsed off. That's what he. That's yeah. all the, or the information because there's there's an application of uh, of something that may have a kidney as that, that is That's the concern that, that is exists. Correct. That is correct. So so sometimes there's an advisory like that, um, but it, it is raw fish and and raw fish as long as it's washed off, typically is is not that much of an issue. Right. Um, you know, sometimes you know, we, we be careful when you go into a fish store 
or a, a fish a section of a, of a uh, supermarket, so they may have non-kosher fish. And of course, you want to be sure that the knives that are used to cut the fish are not also used for, for non-kosher. But if you do wash off the fish properly and you're careful, you see that it's it's packed in a, in a kosher, you know, it is raw fish. Raw fish is, is kosher as long as you have the simonim, that's the scales, or the skin that had scales are present, one can actually determine the, the kosher status of the of the fish, even without hashkacha per se. Um, that said, people are careful because of the presence um, of non-kosher, and, and of course there there are other factors, especially for Pesach. Sometimes a fish store may do things like breading of chicken, uh, of right. chicken or, yeah. or but yeah. let me put fish. a fish, fish yeah. and if there's you know, chametz around, that's also a concern. Uh, but the fish itself and, and these types of, uh, you know, uh, Kirkland products are packed in facilities that do nothing but um, that salmon. And therefore, the OU is comfortable um, approving it. Um, that said, you know, if, if someone wants to specifically buy a product that had a mashkiach present, then, of course, you look for something which has uh, a Pesach hashkacha on it. It has an OUP, it has an OU kosher for Passover, or another hashkacha, um, which typically means that someone was present through the duration of the of the processing. The question I had when, when you were discussing this is your example of the tuna fish. Uh, there are companies that, there are, there are hashkachas that have a mashkiach tamidi, and hopefully a bisha Yisrael also, all year round. And the OU's policy, based upon uh, the chuba that's written, I've seen it a number of times. The you know that that you don't necessarily require it, but yet you do it for Pesach. So this this a little right. it's a little right. confusing it's, to well, to our to yeah. our listeners to okay. myself even. Okay. It, in other words, is the is the point that there is a, a they believe that there is a reason for it, or is it just that we have the mashgiach there, might as well make them do something and satisfy a few more people? Well, I mean, what What is yeah. the <laughs> rationale okay. between all year long, over over something like checking the uh, the fish and and Bishul Yisrael or whatever it is? Whatever, I don't know if you even said, you didn't even mention Bishul Yisrael, but I think it is Bishul Yisrael. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, so those two factors, um, you know, the, the, during the year, the OU doesn't concern itself with them based right. upon the, 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 the policies, and yet for Pesach, one does. Right. So, so I'll, I'll try to explain the, the, the OU's tuna fish policy, um, which is, is a broader discussion, which I don't want to digress no, no, we're from, here Pesach, from Pesach. We but, just but wanted, I'll, briefly, I just, I'll briefly I just, try to explain. Right. The OU's Pesach, uh, rather, tuna fish policy is as follows. The, the two issues of concern with tuna fish are, number one, is it really tuna fish? Tuna fish is a kosher species. Um, but so there's no tuna you, fish. When, it's, it's, right. it's nine different, well, right. different yes, varieties. Yes. Yeah. The, the, the different, <laughs> right, different right. fish. They call tuna. They call tuna. The, the yeah. albacore and the, they're different kinds yeah. of, of tuna. But that family of fish called tuna, um, when you buy it in a can, of course there are no simonim. There right. There's no skin. Right. Um, there's that's one concern. Is this really? I know there's, there's a general rule: dug in below simonim. If you have fish but it doesn't have the signs of kosher fish, you cannot right. just uh, use the fish. Um, the other question is the Bishal Yisrael issue, which is if it's cooked by non-Jews, something of fish of that nature usually requires that uh, the Jews be involved in the in the cooking process. So the OU's policy, which is an old policy, and, and it's it really the, the OU's mission has always been to make reliably kosher food as widely available to you know to to Klal Yisrael um, as as is possible as reasonable, and and the OU's position has always been that. On the on the situation with, with respect to the dog and below simonim, that we only certify 
companies that process only tuna fish. There are mashkichim who do visit periodically, and they look at the, at the, the systems that the company themselves... Remember, companies have... Um, controls to for avoid bycatch, right, bi for example, bycatches. Right. You know, the, the old discussion about do dolphin safe. <laughs> if you remember, you've seen fish, tuna fish. So dolphin is not a concern. The dolphin is really completely dissimilar to, to tuna fish. The, the concern is that the fishers who are fishing for the, the may kill dolphin. That was the concern. It wasn't, it wasn't an issue that you're going to have dolphin in your can of tuna. Um, but when the OU has a, has a position that when you visit and a plant only processes this type of a fish and you can check on it, and even if you're not there throughout, you, that mirsas, that uh, um, sort of fear that and, and the company's own protocols, which protect against that type of a concern, the OU has a position, which is based on Boskim, that that one can rely on. With respect to the other discussion, which is the Bishal Yisrael issue, um, there, the, the the basic reason is that this is a it's cooked in steam, and, and in fact there are mostly in Europe there are tuna um, canneries that cook in water before it goes into the can. Mm. The OU will not certify that type of an operation. We only certify the tuna which is pre cooked in steam, and then it's put into the can. And and the reason is that their poskim will say that when it's cooked in steam, the Bishal Yisrael does not apply in that case. So that's the OU's general position. The OU, with respect to you know to to Pesach, as as is universal, not all tuna is is acceptable for Pesach at all. There are sometimes ingredients that can be added that are not acceptable for Pesach. So in this case, what the OU does is we have a mashgiach there, and once we're there. Like you said, we're going to make sure that it meets the you know the standards according to everybody. So we have a mashgiach who's both checking the fish. He's also um, certain to to assure Bishal Yisrael um, for that tuna fish as well. So if someone is looking for, um, and that's certainly some people want to look for Bishal Yisrael, and that's that's a, you know that's laudable. Um, then then certainly buy a product which is like that, and an OUP product will definitely meet that criteria. And that's some people stock up. Yes, they all the especially the people who are can't who are gluten free. They go they stock up on peso products, but a lot of people yeah. stocked up on these yeah. on this fish too. Yeah. So, do we have some new items this year? Some interesting. Right. I'll, items? I'll actually I'll just mention another oh, yeah. because you know change sometimes when you change the status of a product, it's also important. To, the the OU certifies year round, um, and and you know honestly, many people um, have different positions. Different bottom have different positions. Toothpaste, yeah, or mouthwash. Now. There, there are, of course, for Pesach, there are certain special brands that are available with special Pesach Hashkacha. Um, Year-round, many people just use the standard products, uh, the mouthwashes or the, or the toothpaste without any Hashkacha. Right. And some Rabbanim feel that that's not a problem. And the reason is that it's not eaten. It's something which is only put into the mouth to, you know, for oral uh, um, hygiene, and then you spit it out. So it's not it's not a concern, even though many of these products do contain glycerin, which can be very much not kosher. A glycerin can be um, animal based. Um, it, yeah, they can contain other other things that are that are you know really problematic. The you know the, the reason for the leniency is because it's it's not eaten. It's not consumed. It's only put into the mouth and then spit out. Now the on the other side of the coin, um, many rabbanim feel that that that's incorrect, and the reason for that is this is a flavored item. So to say that there's this is not eaten, but you you're specifically choosing, you know, this brand versus that brand because you, you like it, you enjoy it, yeah. and there's a flavor there, and people you know yeah. use a flavored product that should have action. So this is this is an area now, of course. 
With respect to Pesach, you see many of the national brand, branded toothpaste and mouthwash are listed in many of these books that are put out for Pesach. That doesn't mean that they're kosher. Right. <laughs> they may be, you know, there may be have been some research to ensure that there's no actual chametz in it, but that doesn't mean that it's it's really kosher. So if if one wants to be more stringent, one should use now there is a product which the OU certifies year round called Tom's Tom's of Maine. Yeah, Tom's it's of a Maine. natural it's a natural toothpaste. High high wash. high quality uh, yeah. product. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so that product has an OU year round. Now last year that product was in our Pesach list of approved products, not OUP. Right, but right, right. But one without it. This year we changed the status. It's now found in our kidneys list. And the reason is because the glycerin which is found in that product, it's a kosher glycerin, used to be a non kidneys glycerin. Now they've changed to a kidneys glycerin. So you know, so you many, have a list you know, of you have a list of kidneys? Sure. In in our guide there's a is a list of kidneys and, products. But, but this kidneys list means that you're talking about non foods or foods too? You, you well, have, both. Like, both. So, it be, so it is be, it for Svardim, or is it for or for for people who would want to take something like this, which maybe they would be makele if it was if, since it was only right. a kidney? Well, yeah, I mean that that's the reality. Is that you know many of the national branded products that are on these Pesach lists actually definitely contain kidneys. Right. And maybe trape as well, right. but but they definitely contain kidneys. The reason to use it, even if one is an Ashkenazi, is because. It, 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 kidneys one is allowed to benefit from, even those who are, you know, the Ashkenazim who don't consume kidneys, but we do have benefit from it. So therefore, um, many would say that, you know, the fact that you're putting it in your mouth, um, it's really, you know, it's really for benefit's sake. It's not for the, um, you know, for, 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 for consumption. Either. Yeah, even though so, the sun might go yeah, down, but right, right, it's right, incidental. Yeah, yeah, that's, that, that's that's uh, that's a uh, that's you know again you're, you're, you certainly consult with your rabbanim to the but right. but but that's the situation today. The mouthwash is really the same same um, mouthwash was never approved for Pesach by the OU because it always contained kidneys. So that that's the reality of the Tams of Maine. I I, I think it's a, you know for someone who's you know specifically wants to use a mouthwash. Or this is very toothpaste. interesting. I think um, I think the many yeah. people didn't know yeah. this that those lists that are given out are probably not. You know, the ones that are printing lists of recommended, right. uh, that some of them may be kidneys, uh, the, 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 the mouthwashes in the space. They probably the med- have to. The medicine be. list, which we. Well, medicine list is a little different. Before medicine. the conversation. Yeah, but medicine list yeah. is a little different the for us. The medicines typically all have kidneys. Absolutely. A person takes an aspirin, he's got a kidney. That's it. Yeah, because the, 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 um, starches, because when you make a medicine, there's what's called the active ingredient, mm-hmm. which is usually almost, almost microscopic. Nothing, yeah. And they have to, you can't, Take something microscopic and and really use it. So you have to use a carrier, something to to hold it together. Mm-hmm. And that's almost always in in, in the United States is going to be a, a kidneys product. Um, so so th- this is something I think that you know people um, when you, you shouldn't misunderstand these lists. The lists are based on um, certain rudimentary research, which um, the people who put the lists together, um, I imagine, are, are consulting with the companies and trying to get as much information as they can. Um, but the discussion really is about Pesach and Chometz, not about Kashras. So, so this, uh, this this may be a factor that people should be aware of, and 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 certainly, um, if someone wants to use mouthwash toothpaste with a hechsher, both for Pesach and year round, um, look, there are products available, and and uh, that you know, some people would be encouraged to to do that uh, all the time.
I want to point out to our listeners, I don't know how many people that's going to affect, probably very few, <laughs> because we live in a, a uh, from, from world over here in, in, in Brooklyn. But uh, I in, was involved just now with a new product that's kosher for Pesach under the OU. I don't even know if you know about it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's not, it's not new. It's area. not new. It's yeah. not new. Yeah. It seems that uh, that there was a concern for years and years and years by pet owners that they, you know, about this that they decide, that they. I, I know the whole deal. That I, anyway, so the, uh, the the pet owners were concerned because they want to serve their pets food on 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 Pesach, and invariably, almost all the pet foods are are, are chametz. So they were. They were they were looking for options, and there was a company that actually is listed as a kosher for Passover product in booklets um, and certified as kosher for Passover, but it's glat treif. It's glat treif because it's made with non kosher meat or, and or whatever they're using in there. So, uh, so the, somebody. I'm not going to give the details, but there's, uh, the, the woman is very well known in our community. And she, that's why I certainly wouldn't give any details. And she, she has a pet. And she decided that, you know, she doesn't like to bring it to her house, tray for food. And she doesn't, she's got, hummus she can't, of course she can't handle, but she doesn't want to bring tray of food into her house. So she started a company now under the OU that makes kosher for Passover, kosher, Chicken and turkey uh, meals for, for 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 cats and dogs, and it's available. I'm not I'm not selling it, so don't. I mean, but but you can find out about it. It's called yeah. Kosher Paws yes, and Paws P A W S. Right. It's I, not I'm a joke. Sure, yeah. It's a seal. I'm, I'm familiar with it. And it's, yeah. what's interesting is that you know <laughs> we you know people are very from today. Dogs and cats. I'm not sure how from they are, but um, some maybe dogs and cats are also getting very from. But but the reality is that. Um, the problem with feeding pets is not a, a, what something which is aser ba'achila, something right. which is forbidden to eat. The problem is iser hana. Right. There are certain types, and, and that's Pesach, obviously. If something is chametz, right. one is not allowed to benefit. But there's another concern, which is baser v'chalav. That means right. if there's a pet food which contains both meat and milk, which are cooked together, one is not just forbidden to eat it, one is forbidden to benefit from it. And therefore, to serve it to one's dog or cat would also be a concern. So this is even for yeah. all year round. One right. has to be concerned there shouldn't right. be meat and milk in the right. product because we don't know if they're cooked together or not cooked together, but we don't, we have to make an assumption that right. they might, might have been. Yeah. And likely there are, that's a yeah. cooked product to, to you know, to, they, they don't serve raw, raw Well, products. I don't know when it's yeah. added in, but let's, yeah. well, assume, let's assume that way. It's, it's but potentially, this, yes. But, the, yeah. but, the, but yeah. this is for years, and I was fighting against that, that, the, that company, I'm not going to mention the name of that company, that has been out there for maybe 15 years or more, that's been producing kosher for Passover with hashkocha, but treif. Okay. And 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 this is the first. I'm serious. I, I you would, everyone would be surprised where the meat's coming from. I'm not telling you, but there's a very reliable source that I can tell you. And it's actually chicken and turkey, but very reliable source. And yes, it's it's. Uh, I mean, if if you don't have glot uh, turkey and glot chicken in America, but uh, if it, if there would be, this would be underqualified right. for that. Absolutely. They're getting the top of the line, right. and and you know, it's, right. so that's, this, that's that's kosher. 
that's quality. Quality. No, quality. They're probably giving the public and public junky stuff. Yeah. But the point is that for the for the dog or the cat, they're ex- excited by it. Right. The parent, the uh, the pet owner is very satisfied, and there is no chametz and there's no trife. Right. So that's a that's a, that's a very unique product. I I, I was excited right. to, to be right. involved with it. Right. There are actually some others that um, are you know today people even you know pet owners are looking for all kinds of health options for their pets right. and vegan options and vegetarian options and there actually there there are other companies that are pursuing non meat uh. um, options which may be kosher as well. So wow. uh, there, there, there are some other options available, perhaps, or oh will be God. becoming available. Um, but uh, wow. you know, for, for those who have pets, um, uh, I think one of the ads is, uh, you know, what am I, a goldfish? Don't don't serve me uh, matzah or something like that. Wow. <laughs> but, no, no, but that's that's yeah, amazing. Yeah. They're going to go to the extent, you know, I mean, it's one thing if a person adopts a, a, such a lifestyle for themselves, but they're, they're not going to force their pets to follow along. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. To me, yeah. it's a little. To me, it's a little bit much. I mean, that's the nature of the animal. I, I think to to consume that kind of a food as opposed to. I mean, they they're carnivorous. That's that's a fact. I mean, they didn't yeah. study the books and they're not thinking about the, the about the world and the, all the other thoughts that the pet owner has. Yeah, there's, a, wow. there's actually a, a discussion that came up some time ago. Um, veal, which is of course a yeah, popular a big variety, and, and the veal. They specifically feed them a high protein diet, um, and uh, this diet um, is supposed to make the the veal somewhat anemic. Right. That's why the, you have a lighter color to the, the to the meat. White veal, and apparently they serve that this this mix, this blend of of feed that they you know provide the calves is meat and milk. Although perhaps really? not cooked together, so really? that was an issue that came up, and I think that you know the kosher companies that Shechtviel that uh, slaughter them um, look to avoid that that issue in wow. the feed. Uh, uh, uh. Um, so you know things things like this. Uh, well, there to, are to the people. Consumer. There are now. I mean, this is not our topic, and this is not our group, because the people who are behind this are doing funny things. But they, but they, uh, there are. Uh, there's an effort to try to get people not to use veal. I mean, there's certain people are behind this. And, I, and, they, and they show me a list uh, of, of, uh, of, of schools. Now, some of them are not orthodox. But I did do my research, and some of them are orthodox, where they supposedly accepted that they will not serve veal at all in the um, in in their cafeteria and they do have a they do have meat meals and I know the person who provided it it's just very interesting how things develop things right. develop it's not it's not stagnant right. the whole thing is moving along right. very very interesting Man- manufacturers and marketers <laughs> are very sensitive to you know consumer interest so many times consumers have all kinds of mishigasen or otherwise they're interested in child labor issues they're interested in you you know uh, the, the animal treatment there are all kinds of other i mean kashrus is also interested in right. that, um to some extent one of the things i think i would i'd like to go through with you you can tell me what's in the OU. Can we read things to people? I'd like to talk about the medications, especially the children's medication, because what what interesting to me is that I get these calls all year, and the invariably the housewife doesn't have anything there, or she wants to go to run to the store and she wants to buy something. People should get used to the idea that we're putting out a list for Pesach, 
And I, I think, I mean, maybe you're going to tell me I'm wrong. I think these were supposed to be kosher, but maybe you're saying they're not kosher. I would think that the ones that they're putting out, that they're letting them use for Pesach, would be kosher. Am I wrong? Well, I, I think, you know, there's an important distinction to make, and that's there are, of course, medications, or we would call them pharmaceuticals. And today there's all kinds of nutritional supplements. No, I'm talking about children's, you know, that like the Tylenol and the Advil and the Benadryl. These are the necessities. Right. And, and there's a whole, I can't even get, it's so confusing between the cherry and the grape and the, and the, right. the cherry and the dye free cherry and this. It's, it can make you sugar. But the question is, um, this list here that I'm looking at or the list that you have, yeah. is, is this list, um, going to be a kosher list? Or we're going to just assume it wasn't Pesach problems? I think I would assume no. they're putting it as kosher. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. The, the OU is very hesitant to comment about things that they don't completely know about. Now, many of the, the books and many of the advisories that come out are are based on sometimes third and fourth. Oh, you're talking about you're talking about the, you're talking right. about the, the whole right. list of them. Right. right. So, so again, I'm one of the single. Right. I, I products, agree with you. About there, there are products. You know, the, the OU. When, when, if we certify something, we have a direct relationship, which is which is really based on a contractual agreement that the OU has, which you know the company takes on risk to to sign such an agreement, and they have obligations to us. Um, when when the OU and the OU, you know, we, we feel there are two roles that we play. One is as a kosher certifying agency, and these are companies that we work with and that we have, like I said, a, a relationship with that we have intimate knowledge about. Um, we feel very confident in commenting about those types of products. Other products that you know are not certified by the OU, the OU feels to the extent that we know and understand these industries, we will give advisories to the public, um, but we don't, you know, we, we don't, you know, specifically recommend one or the other. So you don't have a list of, unless of it's the, certified. Would, I don't. The OU's, you know, in terms of medications, which we've discussed. Well, in let's the past, discuss it in yeah, front of the people the, now. The, the OU's position is, is is this, and I think Rabbi Wickler, I think you, you're the same thing. Mostly, yeah. it, when you have a product which is, you know, has no flavor to it, it it's it's what we would call as nifsal mechilas kelev. It's not even a dog wouldn't, um, you know, consume this, such as a capsule, such as a tablet. Um, which is not coated, those types of products. If a person is, you know, is prescribed by a doctor, and when a doctor gives a medication, um, you know, there's a usually a you got to believe there's something behind it. <laughs> there's good reasons for it, and and you know, in many cases, people who don't take their their prescribed medications, you know, if not immediately down the road, can be risking, um, you know, can be assuming uh, certain serious, risks. Serious. So stuff. so the OU says, you know, don't play around. Right. The, these are things which. It, is is it possible that there's chametz there? It's possible. Is it likely in the United States? Not likely. That's the reality. Most of the active ingredients are not chametz, uh, even if they could have been maybe fermented with chametz or something like that. There's possibilities of that. It's not. It's certainly not chametz, and they're usually bottled and and certainly they're nifsal in these two categories that I just mentioned. The other categories, which I think are important to mention, are coated tablets. Now, there are types of different types of coatings. Some coatings are innocuous, but there are flavored coatings. And when you have a flavored coating, it's better to, if you can, to avoid such a medication on Pesach because potentially they're made, again, there's a flavor there, and they're, they're doing it because they it's, it's good for the palate and, and the, the, the patient or the consumer enjoys it. 
So if you can avoid that, if there's an alternative, and in case, let's say, pain relievers, there are pain relievers which are available in a capsule or caplet or coated, I would certainly recommend take the the caplet or take the the the, the capsule versus the coated tablet. Um, And of course, I think the most greatest concern are things like the liquids, liquids, which, you know, especially for children or the chewables, which are flavored. And that's really eaten, consumed like you would any other product. And, uh, and certainly there, um, I would only use, you know, products that either are recommended by reliable source ores. And as an example, this comes up all the time, antacid. People want antacid. Now there may be lists which recommend products that may or may not contain kidneys, that may or may not be trafe. Right. Um, they're being recommended because someone did some research to, to you know, to, to tell you that there's no hummets in it. But there are alternatives available. There are products. I think like Adwe is just one example of a product that has a hechsher, and that's a product which is kosher Pesach. And uh, if if one needs antacid, um, and they're and for the most part these are just as effective as the national of brands. Of course, they're good. Um, they have the same active ingredients. And, you know, for Pesach, this is something that, uh, you know, can, can be taken. And, uh, of course, you know, antacid, there are, ta- there are pills that people take, which sometimes are just or more effective, which, of course, I don't think come into this question because they're just a pill. Um, it's not chewed. It's not, um, you know, drinkers. No pleasure. So um, in, th- in those circumstances, uh, you know, I would, I would certainly recommend something like that. I, I just wanted to... To, 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 to mention what I started out to say is that it's worthwhile for uh, all my listeners to get a good Pesach list. Uh, I, I'm looking at something from Rabbi Bess. Uh, actually, I'm looking at not I'm looking at the, the digest of it in uh, the COR from Detroit. Uh, he had, puts out something for Pesach too, and and I see here a list, a very nice list of recommended. Um, Children's, Advil, Motrin, Tylenol, and Benadryl. And this list is something you have to have for all year because you are going to need these things and you're going to be stuck somewhere and you're staying over at somebody's house and they don't have, you don't have anything and they're offering you or they're going out to the store to buy something. What do I buy? I get these calls all the time and people are in a panic at 10, 11, 12 12 o'clock at night and they're not going to reach anybody and they're going to a 24-hour store to pick up. I had a case recently. They ran out to a store calling me from the store Luckily, I was able to help them, and they didn't buy it in the end because they did, wasn't, it wasn't one of the, there wasn't a choice there that was good. And they, how they may do, I don't know. It wasn't a dramatic situation. But when you have a young child, a two-year-old, this and that, of course you could take a medicine even if it's not, it's trafe and everything. Of course you have to do it. But we're talking about if, uh, if, if we can possibly get kosher, well, we really should. So it's, it behooves everybody. I, even though I'm, I'm sitting with the OU here, they're not, I'll let, not, they don't have a list like this because it's other companies and they're not no one certifying them. But still, in all, we do need this kind of a list in our houses, and and this is the time to pick it up. Right. <laughs> I'll mention also just from an from the industry perspective that there um, there, there was a long period of time when the price of glycerin, um, which is used in in basically all of these types of uh, of, of products, the price of glycerin was similar kosher and non-kosher. Uh-huh. In the last couple of years, what's happened is the price differential has changed. 
So that kosher glycerin, which is vegetable-based or petroleum-based, is now significantly higher right. than the tallow-based or the, you know, so, so, That's a problem. so many companies, including the pharmaceutical companies, big ones. they have a very big incentive to use a non-kosher glycerin, which was the case. That's a few why years ago, we had a terrible problem with the Tylenol. Yeah. And then they, they were coming from Canada. I know the OU investigated. The OU gave out the information right. to all of us. Right. Right. So, so when we become aware of information, certainly we try to share that with, you know, with people that you, they should be aware. But the, the same is true getting back to our discussion about mouthwash. Glycerin is, is the most common ingredient in mouthwash or in toothpaste. Right. And if a company can save money by using a non-kosher glycerin... They're going to do it. It's unless likely, somebody's stopping them. Again, unless <laughs> they have other reasons for not doing it, <laughs> it's, it's likely. So if, if people want to avoid um, you know, these types of... These are really non-kosher um, items. Uh, you know, one has to be uh, vigilant. This is a, a, a question that somebody sent in, which I we actually communicated about. They have... a. A sealed uh, container of elite elite, elite uh, instant coffee that they brought from Israel. The label says Namas. It's Cafe Namas. Cafe uh, Namas. Namas. Oh, she she wrote it Namas. Okay. okay. Uh, also says 100% coffee, and it, she wanted to know if there's any reason that it can't be used for Pesach. Oh yeah, she started, she's, she's starting from the point of view that you can't imagine it's not you can't even use a base. Well, well, let me let me mention this. I I, I don't know you, what the label me, says. I don't know who's such but, but elite um, elite coffee everything company, in the world. Elite coffee is is many times not made in Israel. No, it's made outside not. Israel. You have to remember, Israel is a you know a lot of manuf- a lot of products that are Israeli products with Israeli labels are actually manufactured elsewhere and then brought to Israel. So this is a product which may be made elsewhere. It can have chametz issues. It can have, you know, kashrus issues. And this product, I think, has a heksher. Yeah. But unless it has a Pesach heksher, it's certainly not recommended. It doesn't appear in the OU's Pesach guide, even though it's an OU product. Right. It it's is an OU product. Yeah. The, o, the OU is the, not... Oh, this is an OU product? Yeah. This is an OU. The elite products in Israel, for the most part, are OU certified. Because the elite have, can have different... She may not have yours. Yeah. yeah. She this, may not have yours. I think this is, this is an OU product. The elite coffees do have an OU, but uh, you know if it's not made in Israel, even if it were made in Israel, it doesn't mean um, you know that they use fillers. They use uh, maltodextrin as a common. Mm-hmm. And what is instant tea? You take the, the oh, coffee. It's coffee, actually. So you take the coffee, you cook it up like any of us would brew coffee, and then you dry it. Right. And then sometimes they'll put fillers into it, depending on the you know the the strength of the coffee, and those fillers. Are often kidneyous. They potentially could be, uh, especially oh, if they're in Europe, yeah. where elite, I believe, may be making this coffee. They could even be chametz. You have to realize starch in the United States is more often than not as corn. But in Europe, it can be corn, but it can be wheat based. And that can actually be chametz. So one has to be careful. Um, you know, of course, a decaffeinated uh, has other issues, uh, right. you know, and secondary issues as well. So, so one has to be careful. R- r- plain non-flavored coffee, which is not instant, which is, uh, um, you know, even roasted, that typically is not an issue because um, it doesn't contain fillers. It's it's not processed beyond the roasting. The roasters are usually dedicated to coffee, so that's something which uh, you know. You know, where one can be lenient, you know, we, we certainly try to share that information. But for something like an instant coffee, uh, one has to be has to be very careful. Let me ask you about, uh, about we, an area that was interesting to me is that the, most of the grape juice 
today is being made mavushal. Uh, the non mavushal there's only the kedem only has one thing that the the one point five liter glass bottles everything else is is mavushal. Is that is that is that uh, is that does that a saying something to us that everybody wants to have mavushal? Like, they they don't understand the union of not mavushal, or they or they always have goyim around. What what do you think is well, going on? Well, I'll, I'll tell you very simply. A grape juice product needs pasteurization. Right. It must be pasteurized. And the reason for that, like any juice product, when you buy orange juice or apple juice or grape juice or any other juice, Otherwise, it's always pasteurized. Because if you don't pasteurize it's ba- it, the turner, it's going to turn. It's going to spoil. And uh, that that's the reality for, for this product. Now, in terms of writing mavoshal or not mavoshal, uh, that's sort of almost delicate. Because... As an example, Rav Moshe Feinstein has a, has a tshuva in which he says the recommend, recommended minimum pasteurization temperature for Mavushal would be 175 degrees, which is what the OU follows. Some want a little bit higher than that. They want 190. They want something which is close to boiling, um, which is all good. Now, if you cook a product uh, to less than that or slightly less than that, it's essentially, it's also cooked. It may not meet the precise criteria of um, of I, I certainly wouldn't recommend taking such a, a grape juice product and having you know uh, non-Jews use it or touch it or move it or pour it because that you know we have to be careful that it shouldn't uh, make right, the, sure, yeah, the, the, yeah. the it's yain it's it's like any dinner like in any wine that it's forbidden. At the same time, I wouldn't necessarily call it mahudr for. For Kiddush, there are some people, for example, the Shita Sarambam is that um, one cannot use Mavoshal wine for Kiddush. It's, it's maybe not even a Bar Pregofen. Um, but to say that something which is pasteurized, but is pasteurized at a slightly lower temperature, that that is, you know, somehow is Mahudar, I think is, is perhaps... So you feel that the, that, that what, if, if you're fine, if you're using grape juice, basically you're using Mavoshal on some level. I, some people yeah, might correct. say, yes, I'm no, but correct. you're already in the Mavoshal area. Correct. correct. Because, and it has to be because... Yeah. Well, but they have this must or something. They, yeah. There's, there, there's something they're able to do. There are some Hasidim who are making a product which is basically crushed it's a must which is crushed grapes so they're making a juice from from grapes and what they do is they immediately freeze it uh-huh. and they sell it on a very limited basis to a you know limited audience and the recommendation is keep it frozen up you. until the day before wow. yontif before yeah. pesach and for those who want to use this product um you know uh, for the seder so then you defrost it and then use it immediately but you can't store it because even if you refrigerate it, it won't store it. It will spoil ultimately. You may get a couple of days. I think in Lakewood they started doing something that was uh, okay. an MPG jazz. I think they had a, a yeah. grape juice that may have been – maybe right. maybe I'm thinking about something different, but I think it was uh, – right. it may have are, been. Right. There, there are such products, but it's it's only on a very limited on basis. basis. You can't really sustain um, it. Yeah. Wow. They're, they're actually – I mean, this is the, the reality is that um, you know, we, so we the have, wines, you know, the wines are the same problem. You say same issue. Well, I, I, wines, wines are like this. Wines, um, the standard wine, dry standard wine, table wine that a person buys, forget about kosher or non-kosher, is not pasteurized. And the reason is that it doesn't require pasteurization because it has an alcohol level. The alcohol serves as a preservative. They also add sulfites to standard wine. So that between the sulfites and between the alcohol, mm-hmm. it's not something that's going to spoil. Um, that's standard wine. The only reason people would pasteurize wine 
would be either um, because of kosher reasons, we're looking for wine that can be served in a catered event or, you know, where people don't have to be concerned about handling by goyim, or if it's a sweetened wine. Certain sweetened wines require some pasteurizing, but typically because of the alcohol level, it's at a low level. So they may be pasteurizing it. That probably is not significant. If you're pasteurizing it or heating it slightly to maybe 120 degrees or 130 degrees, that's probably not of, of great concern. So um, you're, you're saying that the, the, the non-mavoshal labels right, that, there may yeah. be more, yeah, that's, more shovel the whole nefesh, yes. might, might include everybody exactly, in it. Exactly. Again, the, the reality is there are some poskim who say that uh, in order for something to be mavoshal, it has to really reach boiling levels. Right, I understand and, that. That's and a, that's a position which is in, Israel, in Israel. Yeah, they're doing right. that. So, so for those people, maybe if it's just, just pasteurizing it to 150, 160 may degrees. may not concern them. They may not, they might, yeah, so... It, go, it goes both ways. The, the, it's a chumrah on the one hand, it's a kula on the other hand. It's a chumrah with respect to maga akum. It's a kula with respect to the hidr of Kiddush with the yain she'en Now They said here, I, I'm reading from Rabbi Singer, it says that he made, oh, you made this year under Kedem, a fresh-pressed grape juice with an OUP uh, made without sulfites. That's that's common. What is that? There are some people who are very sensitive to sulfites. Uh-huh. Sulfites, it's interesting when we make grape juice or wine, the mashkichim who like to handle everything are the ones to add the sulfites. They have to wear masks. Sulfites can be Powerful. poisonous. It's very the literally our mashkichim have passed out uh-huh. and we've had some so it's a it's a sulfites uh-huh. are dangerous and some people are very sensitive to it. So even though the residual sulfite in a product is is you know is tiny it's, it's yeah a, you know fractions of a percent um at the same time some people are sensitive to it um just as an example you cannot label something as organic if it contains sulfites so some for health reasons some other concerns like that so kedem has um kedem actually did something new this year there's a 50.7 uh ounce bottle a glass bottle which um that product has no concentrate this year at all most grape juice in the United States is a is a mixture of mostly majority of straight juice, which means crushed grapes, essentially, the juice. Then it contains, they standardize it by adding some concentrate, some, some water. Um, it's usually in the, in the minimum. I don't think anybody has a question with respect to Borupreagofen or anything like that, but, but Kedem this year introduced a, the, this 50.7-ounce bottle. What do they call it? It's just the regular grape juice in the 50.7 ounce bottle and that product um is uh, is what they label as non-mavoshal so that it's, it's pasteurized to a very low temperature and it also contains no concentrate so if someone's looking to avoid concentrate or any addition of water which some people are um that's something which is available to them this year um, there may be some israeli products which you know do something like that but in the united states I think that's the, the, first, the only one that that uh, that has that. Uh, well, people were looking for that for years, yeah. but is, is it is it being advertised? Is it being sp- I think is so. spelled out? I think so. Does it yeah. say no concentrate? I well, think, it probably says yeah. no concentrate. It should say the label. For example, if you take a look at the label, um, you'll see in the ingredients usually for the kosher products it will say grape juice and grape juice from concentrate. Mm-hmm. This product, of course, will only say grape juice. It won't say from concentrate. Mm-hmm. Okay, very good. That's that, that's something that uh, yeah. a lot of people be interested in. Yeah, and I just actually, you know, this is a year. It's something we, uh, one of our pet peeves, we bring up every year. That I just saw a letter which was signed by a number of rabbanim um, from the Sephardic community, um, and that is uh, cautioning um, those who would make assumptions about Kitney's products 
Um, this is uh, something which which uh, we talk about. Uh, um, you know, the, 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 there's no reason. You know, obviously, Svardim do consume kidneys, Ashkenazim do not, but there's no reason that they should get inferior standard product um, because they want to use kidneys. So, I mean, we always used to get questions about a variety of, let's say, vinegar products, like ketchup uh, or. or um, or, or mustard, right? The people just assumed, well, there's nothing in the ingredient statement which is chametz, and the vinegar we know in the United States is typically corn-based, so therefore we can assume that it, that, that those issues, of course, don't deal with flavors. Those issues don't deal with the way the vinegar is manufactured. If there's yeast involved, which may be chametz-based, if there are enzymes which are used which are chametz-based, it doesn't deal with kalim. It doesn't deal with the fact that many of these processing plants process chametz ingredients uh, on the same equipment, even if this product itself. So there were many assumptions that unfortunately were made, and I, I noticed you know this uh, um, you know there's, there's a movement uh, to to try to alert the Sephardic community that you know don't just make assumptions. Um, there are, you know, there are products that uh, you just can't assume are, are acceptable for Pesach um, based on an ingredient statement. I think in America, maybe that was done 40, 50, 60 years ago. Right. But I think we've, we're beyond that. I think in America I think today, we, we, yeah. we, we have not. I mean, listen, <laughs> the uh, station manager stepped out to Davin, to Davin but uh, I, <laughs> I think we haven't really properly uh, dealt with the, I don't want to say the Sephardic, Issue, but I think that with Spartan, I don't think we've done enough for them. I think the the effort that that we that has been made by the the OU and by the Star K to create a situation for the Spartan for Pesach, and the, and the Star K does for Spartan during the year as well. I think that's beautiful. I don't think it's finished yet. I think that the lack of understanding is very significant. Um, in 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 and it's it's it. I just went through today. Somebody who is in the Sephardic world, who is pumping in the most ridiculous things that I've ever seen in my life, he's uh, he's defending the idea of going to a non to a, ve- a vegan restaurant that has no certification, and he calls himself an Orthodox rabbi, and he and he creates all kinds of confusion, and and people are fooled that we need a stronger. Hold on. And that was happening. You have a Spartic person. It's not. It's not. It's not a Spartic issue. But the, I think this thing where there's not enough information is because we've never dealt that much right. with serving the Spartac community as a as a as a group and saying, you know, we're here for the we're here for the Ashkenazi and we're here for the Spartan and some are going to have different needs and we have to address them. So we've really just started to do that. Right. It's only a few years, right. and I I think that uh, the Spartan community has to reach out to the conscious organizations and the conscious organizations have to reach out to the Spartan and we have to do again. Get some real information to them, so that some of the people who are who are confusing them with the silly things that have no basis at all in halacha, we can get that out. But only if we're putting in clear knowledge. I, I don't know if it's you know this type of issue. For example, you mentioned the vegan restaurants. I don't. It's not as far to no. It's not as far to issue. But the people yeah. that they're hearing from, there are among you know in the world, there are people who are preaching things that are 
totally against the entire world. It's not that we're Sephardic, but there are some people who are preaching a different kind of kashras. Right. That 1,369 organizations across the world are not doing, right. and these people are getting up in shul and saying, you can read the labels, you can, you don't have to, for Pesach right. for all year, and, and they're making the people confused. Right, let alone in Israel, there's a whole movement today of a, almost like self-certification restaurants. That's that are a very bad scene. Yeah, it's a, so I, again, it's a yeah, very, very bad we, scene. We know, there. unfortunately, that there, there are some you who know, sometimes look at the world of kashras, which is far from a perfect world. They look at it and you know with a level of cynicism, and you know there's there's too much of a profit motive in, in kashras. You know. There, again, there's, there's room for criticism and there's room for for self criticism in the world of kashras, and and you know we all have to we all have to try to up our game all the time. At the same time, um, unfortunately, you know, this leads many who uh, charlatans and people who are, yeah. are really um, you know either they're not learned or they're or they're you know intentionally taking you know ridiculous positions, positions which are not accepted by the you know the yeah, we the, the and 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 and. You know, like they say, these restaurants. What can go wrong? A restaurant is the most difficult uh, most, type uh, of uh, no, to, to uh, get. Very hard. Even on the assumption that there's no nothing on the menu that's problematic. But that doesn't mean that the equipment is not problematic. It doesn't mean that, um, you know, all kinds... Just, uh, I'll tell you a horror story that I heard. That, and this is, was, a, you know, many times it's the it's Hindu. The right, Indians, right, right. And these vegan restaurants. And someone, and of course, they don't have any dairy. They don't have any meat. That's part of their whole culture and everything else. Someone went into such a restaurant and he sees that they were frying butter on the on the stove. And he said, well, what are you doing? This, <laughs> so this not is vegan. It's not vegan. vegan. You're cheating. <laughs> so the response was that this was this was like a, a sacrifice that they were doing because they, they worship, you know, in the Hindu religion, they use butter as a, as a sacrament. And what? Which, which meant... That not just that the equipment was was dairy, but it may have been takrovas of Adazar, which means this may have been something along the lines of idol worship, which is a whole new you know ball game. It it, it really just uh, again a restaurant is such a fluid atmosphere. So many right, things can right. come and go, and and there's so many things that can happen. Whether the even part when of you the, have a mashgia, right. and yeah, we we'll have to watch with right. eagle eyes. It's yeah. so such a problem we're running into right. mashgiachim saying that they can't watch everything, and they're assigned to do certain work on right. the side, and they get hidden in the basement, and they can't get up, and they, or they're working the front area, and they're not in the kitchen. There's so many problems with the, with a restaurant situation, and here with no mashgach at all. And sometimes they're visited <laughs> infrequently. They're running on Shabbos and Yontif when no one shows up, and and it's just it's it's a Absolutely. Um, I, did, I did want to. We only have a few minutes. I did want to. You know, we wanted to talk a little bit about the Shabbos keeper, which I think. Oh is, yeah, please let's do a, that now. Is a real. You know, it's it. it we may go oh, a let, few let minutes tell, over. I'll just I'll, t- I'll t- tell you. Very I want to hear what I want to yeah, hear what happened. I'll tell you briefly. That the, you know, there. I, I like to say it's it's uh, it's not your grandmother's refrigerator anymore. Right. <laughs> the refrigerators today. Um, for example, the, the uh, uh, engineer at GE said that oftentimes refrigerators today have six or seven computers on board, which are doing a whole host of different things, um, functions and, and sensors and, and, and doing all kinds of things. And I don't really get want to get too technical because that's boring and it's uh, maybe not such, such interest. But the, the, basically there are three issues with refrigerators that have always existed and um, now have become a little bit more complicated. Number one issue, of course, is the light bulb. Right. So, you know, the old days, you 
unscrewed the light bulb or you uh, did the sensor, they taped it, taped taped it, up. it up, and, and that was no longer an issue. Today, you often cannot unscrew the light bulb because the light bulb is an L- LED, Element. which is, you can't disconnect. Um, and and uh, so that oftentimes these, the, you can't tape up something because there's nothing to tape up. Sometimes these are sensors which you can't really address. Issue number two is the compressor. Compressor monitors the temperature of your refrigerator. It turns on the compressor when it gets a little warm, and it and it uh, and turns it off when it's cool enough. And that's how it you know it's like uh, your heating system or air conditioning system in your home works on the same principles. Now, it, unlike the old compressor, which simply had a, a thermometer, and you know that that was yes when you open a refrigerator, obviously you're letting warm air in, but it wasn't immediately that you open the refrigerator that caused was a cause and effect immediately so many Hagrama, said was a grumma it's a, grumma. It's, it's, a, it's somewhat removed from your actions it, it it's uh, you know it, it can happen more frequently less frequently today you have sensors which are number one num- monitoring the number of times that you open up your fridge it's monitoring the length of time that the refrigerator door is open it monitors things like humidity because that's also an important factor. It's monitoring temperatures, but not just in one location, in multiple locations throughout the refrigerator. So there's a whole host of different things going on. Furthermore, the compressors are a little different because the compressors are running all the time. They don't turn on and off. And what they're doing is they're just increasing, adjusting the the level of what the compressor does. And there's sometimes more of an immediate, when you do this, that causes that. But I think the greatest concern of all, which people perhaps don't even know exist in their refrigerator. The freezer. Is the freezer. And right. we don't have the you know, need to defrost our freezers. Why is that? That's because there's a heating element which is defrosting consistently your freezer. The buildup of frost is being, that's actually a derisa. That's, that's havar. That's when, you know, you're heating something up or causing something to heat it up on Shabbos or, or Yontif less of a problem, but on Shabbos certainly a problem. And, and again... And you can't claim it's not... Right. Oh, no, you're not having a no. Right. You're not, you know, mechaving. You're not, you're not, you're not, with this, the lonichale. You can't right. claim that because right. you want your refrigerator right. this function this way. So all of the, the innovations, and there are Shabbos modes in many different refrigerators, and that's, I think, a testament to the strength of the Jewish community in America that the manufacturers want our business and they're willing to, you know, to, to work with us. And for years, there have been these um, Shabbos modes. Problem with Shabbos mode is, um, you know what exactly they do or don't do can vary from model to model, but also, how many times do people forget to put on the Shabbos mode? <laughs> and that's like you know how many times we have a, a rabbi that deals with the Shilas. I forgot this. I forgot that. And what do I do? So GE, General Electric Appliances, has worked together with Rabbi Tzvi Ortner, and the OU has uh, created a division called Halach and Technology, which is trying to find solutions. Ravelsky was really encouraged us in this regard. To, to make solutions which are without any compromise, which really address this completely. And in this Shabbos Keeper, which GE and Zman Technologies have together developed, is, is really a phenomenal device. Unfortunately, it works with 110 models. It doesn't work with all GE. It works with the French door, um, all of the French door um, GE models. And what it does is it's, it, those models have a port, like a computer port, where the technician can plug in his computer into your refrigerator. The Shabbos Keeper plugs into that, 
it already is preset for the next 30 years with all Shabbos and Yantif. And it's it a guarantee of the last 30 years? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's 100% until the yeah. 2050. Wow. It's, it's already pre-programmed. And I can tell you that I personally used I, I I recently had to buy a new refrigerator. Yeah. And I spent a little bit extra money to buy this. How much is to, how much is a little extra? I spent about two hundred fifty extra dollars. That's how much. And and the Shabbos keeper. And it's just it's I don't have to worry about it. It's it's just plugged it's in. It's all done. And it's all it, it automatically you just put in the time, the but date. but you have well, what happens? You have to select. How do you? I'm, you, I'm, a, you, I'm a habal you, boss. You I want to buy now. I want to buy a refrigerator. Well, how do I know what I'm getting now? Right. So, you, <laughs> well, if you buy a refrigerator on the GE website or Zman Technology website, you'll see a list of 110 models that are all compatible with this. When you many many of the, for example, so what are we uh, calling it? The Shabbos, Shabbas keeper. keeper. It's okay, a, it's a GE product. And it's a module which you plug into your refrigerator. You set the time. You set the date. And you, you put in your location because obviously, depending on where you are in North America, the, the Zmanim are going to change. Ah, uh-huh, right. Place oh, that's place. the Zmanim, yeah. So, right, so and, and it's automatically set about, I don't know, about a, half, a half hour before Shabbos comes in, it goes into Shabbos mode. What that means is your ice maker disconnected, your water dispenser disconnected, your light, you know, if, if you need a light, the light stays on at 20% for the entire Shabbos. So wow. you have it's not like you have to you know search in the dark in your refrigerator or freezer there is a light it's on a lower volt you know it's it's running lower but it stays on for the duration of Shabbos your compressor is completely disconnected from anything that you do it's working right. simply on a timer and uh, as well the the, the um, defroster the, the what causes defrosting that heating element which I think is the most serious Shabbos concern right. is running completely on a timer has nothing to do with your actions so I don't think there's any Shiloh whatsoever. I think it meets, you know, every standard of of, of Shabbos and Yantif without any concern whatsoever. So I, I think it's a, it's a great thing, and 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 you know, the convenience factor is so significant because you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to, you know, and so many people are rushing before Shabbos to you know to, to remember this timer and this thing to take care of and and the fact that it's just automatic is, is we got to get you to do something with the thing. ovens now but this <laughs> yeah, the, is the ovens is the ovens today are are, are sometimes a real concern because what happens with the ovens are um they have safety safety you open up the oven and it turns off you close the oven it turns back right. on which you know sometimes shabbos you could have used the old ovens but you can't, you can't do longer. it. You can't do it at so all. So it's, it's the Shabbos modes resolve. I think many of these issues. Well, we had a situation. I printed it in my mm-hmm. magazine. I think the one I gave you. That it, unfortunately, yeah, it was right. No, it was maybe the previous one. We had such a person who uh, went and bought the Shabbos mode, and the Shabbos mode did not turn off the light. Right. They're, they're and right. you have to know that. And the t- people told me that they had friends and relatives who also had bought this model. It was a GE, excuse me, and it was, but it was an oven. Right. It's, not a, it's not a refrigerator. Right. No, 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 no. And they and they actually the lights went on, right. and they were machal Shabbos, and it, you don't know how it hurts the person. Right. It, it 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 irked them so much. They you know they spent a lot more money for this machine because it has a Shabbos mode, and they assumed it was going to do it. And like you said, people could forget to turn off and turn on, and because you have to turn the light off every week. So you could forget that. It, right. Even though you set the Shabbos mode, you didn't. You have to manually turn off the light, right. and, and they didn't know that. 
and they and they broke Shabbos. It was but, a very big problem. Know, I, I can't, you know, I, I don't know, you know, how quickly these things are going to become available. But we're, we're we're working on other projects as well, hopefully to to address ovens and other things as well. Very very good. So I think it's 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 just you know, it, I, I can tell you from personal use, and and I have other people who are using it. And it's just it's just it's it's a it's a really a great device, and uh, it meets. And I know like the many rabbanim have really you know. Um, are delighted about this because they've had concerns with other solutions that are out there, and uh, and they really feel that this resolves, uh, you know, without any concern whatsoever. So this is the new frontier. It's is, the new is, frontier. Yeah, it's it's the the technology. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, when is the when is there going to be kosher on the moon? That's why. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if we're if we're working, let's go for right. the, the whole thing. Right. Right. <laughs> No, there, there are like in Israel, for example, there's Tzomet, which is yes. an organization that's yes. done a lot. Like but you people, see, the po- there's a lot of politics. A lot of see yeah. what the the trick in this thing <laughs> is to stay clean right. because there's a lot of people who feel that what you're doing is not enough. That's that's right. really the biggest problem. So right. you know, it's, everybody's trying very hard. Yeah, no, and the question is, you know, is it good enough? You happen to have here. Rabbi Shlomo, Shlomo Miller wrote, wrote, I have written my concerns regarding the use of contemporary refrigerators and Shabbos and the flaws that exist with current solutions. The GE Shabbos Keeper eliminates these problems and is recommended for those who wish to avoid any concerns regarding refrigerator use on Shabbos. I mean, that, that, that is it. You've said that, that Rabbi Shlomo Miller is, is the, is basically the machmir in, 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 in terms of these electrical things. Uh, all the decisions that are being made, you know, there's some people who are more on the Makel side, some of them are more on machmir. So usually he's on the machmir side. And if he's satisfied with this, that's yeah. a major, right. a major right. quote. Rabbi, Rabbi, I mean, the, again, Rabbanim have different opinions in terms of what Groma is. Rabelsky, um, was not satisfied and he very much encouraged this. And, and that's why, you know, he wasn't maybe in his lifetime. He didn't see this, but uh, I think that's really he pushed the but OU. He had yeah. a lot of vision. Yeah, he had a lot of chachma. I think what the OU does on a daily basis with that halacha yomis, with that is unreal. I mean, I think I think anybody who's listening to the show should make sure to get the halacha yomis from the OU. On if you if you have an if you have an email, it comes. It's I mean, absolutely. Beautiful material. Yeah. Uh, is only one person working on a whole bunch no, of people? there are a few people working on it. It is absolutely. It's going to be coming out in a printed version. So. I can imagine, but yeah. <laughs> but still in all, yeah. still in all, it was done for, because of him. Originally, emotionally, yeah. there was a fan, yeah. but but it, it it has in it such a very fine way of explaining things. Yeah. And and they're not taking you know a limited point of view. There's a they give you a little bit of a spectrum. Mm-hmm. It comes out pretty strong or clear what you're supposed to do. And comes sometimes as a split. You can't. Well, that's life. But but you you're not confused. And they right. take a, a complicated topic and put it into a simple right. form. Right. And also try to give a little bit background right. to that right. understanding. And to do that in a few lines, <laughs> that's that's <laughs> tricky. Yeah, that I'm, is tricky. I, I have to hand it to them. I I gave them right away Yeshgayach, but it I, I think. I should do it again because right. it was it was really a very yeah. very experience. Yeah, the, the, the OU, for example, I, the, the reality is it's you know I, I wonder sometimes that the OU of course was established in 1998, and the Kashas division of the OU began in the 1920s in 1923 right. when they first certified I think it was vegetarian beans from Heinz <laughs> back in the day, and and, and now how many products from Heinz do you have fifty thousand <laughs> who knows what maybe more yeah. but it's it was started because the early days in the United States in, in the early 20th century, unfortunately, Kashrus was uh, yeah. left a lot to be desired. 
Of and course. it was really it was really made as a communal nonprofit organization, and I think that's really what the, what the OU still represents. It's you know they do have programs, the Kiruv programs, yeah. and other types of programs, but it's not a personal private ashkocha. The profits don't go to any right. individual, right. and and uh, we have a collection of fifty over fifty rabbanim in our office, Tamid Chachamim, who are really representative of every yeshiva in America, right, um, and from Eretz Israel and from Europe. And and it, it's this broad spectrum. I think you know we, we try to work with a level of transparency. That you know it's not it's not a private, a personal. Everything should be open. And and yes, the OU has kulas like we've discussed. Yeah, before, sure. Yeah, tuna fish and right. things like that. But it, it's it's open and, and and available for anybody to know what standards the OU is employing. And and that's what we try. We really try to to be. Um, for Klal Yisrael, but representative of Klal Yisrael. That's that's what we and it's it's a, in a certain sense to work there is a beautiful thing because you have so many different people from so many different walks of life, Hasidim and non Hasidim, and you have you know it's it just it's it, and and from such a, a broad spectrum of yeshivas, it, you know sometimes we we, we in our, in Klal Yisrael we see so much conflict and so many you know fra- fraction. You know that that people are. You know, I belong to this camp or to that camp, and and I have to really say that you know I'm there for about 27 years now, but the the OU really has an amazing group of people, and essentially the the, the mission is and to you're serve also Israel. you're you're also very much involved in answering people's questions, yeah. educating people. I mean, yeah. the Dafa Kashras is extraordinary. Uh, the speeches that go on in different places, lecture series, there, there's a tremendous, tremendous yeah. material comes out from the OU. Yeah. It's not. Uh, I, I wish that you know we we could get you to put out a a regular publication instead of just for Pesach. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you want to make something right. more like a magazine yeah. all the year. Right. You make yourself crazy. Yeah. <laughs> there, is, there is a website, and, and the OU yeah. does have a lot of you know information articles, um, which are posted, and uh, they do occasionally do some webinars, and they do. Yeah. Different things, and you know, there's a lot of work to be done. <laughs> Definitely, and, and and Rabbi Wickley, that's what you do. You put that's out the right. magazine that uh, Baruch Hashem, call Yisrael, and, and that's uh, you're doing 27 years. <laughs> I'm 38 years. <laughs> okay. But Baruch okay. Hashem, we see okay. that the people the people have gained a lot from it over the years. Uh, unfortunately, we said some people are giving misinformation, and that's a, always a very hard job to try to counteract. And that's one of the things that yeah. we spend a lot of time yeah. trying to do. Okay. So I thank you very much for joining us today. Okay. We're going a little over time because they're they're, they're in the middle of a tefillah. I can't you can't hold back tefillah. So I'm going to be here another couple of minutes. And if you uh, if you you can go, so take care. Okay. Thank I you. I want again, to thank Rabbi you very Wickler. much for coming. Chag really, Amen. Chag <laughs> to you, Rabbi Wickler, and to all your listeners. It's really a pleasure. It's an honor. It's a schus to be um, to be able to participate in this and and. Uh, I look forward, hopefully, to, you know, we should uh, discuss uh, maybe the carbon Pesach next year. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> to brush up on that. A that's a, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very, okay. much more complex than, than to think. <laughs> Thank, you, <sir. laughs> Thank you very much for joining us. That was Rabbi Nachum Rabinowitz, who, who is a uh, representative of the OU, who, who puts out the OU Guide to Passover. And uh, we were discussing the topics uh, of the day. I, I didn't want to push him into some areas that would have been more difficult for him to handle, which was, uh, you know, because we, we mentioned before about the the issue of the um, of the medicines. But I'd like to read then, since we have a couple of minutes, maybe two minutes more, let me give you some ideas from Rabbi Bess, who is definitely 
a very responsible person in terms of his work investigation-wise. And these are things that you could consider according to Rabbi Bess, the medication list um, for children. Uh, here are some of the commonly used products that are approved by Rabbi Bess for Pesach. Advil Infant Drops, Dye-Free White Grape, Advil Children's Suspension, All Flavors, Motrin Infant's Drops, The Berry and the Dye-Free Berry, Motrin Children's Suspension, The Berry, The Dye-Free Berry, Bubblegum and Grape, Tylenol Infant's Oral Suspension is Cherry, Dye-Free Cherry and Grape. Tylenol Children's Suspension is bubblegum, cherry, dye-free cherry, grape, and strawberry. Tylenol Children's Pain and and Fever Chewables, bubblegum, and grape flavors. Penadryl Children's Allergy Liquids, cherry, dye-free bubblegum, allergy plus congestion, and Benadryl Children's Allergy Chewables. And those are the uh, recommended ones for Pesach. I didn't investigate if they were really kosher, but I would assume that he would be giving us, uh, perhaps, he, I assume he would give us the kosher ones, and if they're not, so then I, I, I have to refer it to something else during the year. That's what I have right here now. So without further ado, I'm going to uh, go back to the regular programming, and I thank everybody for listening and wishing you all a chag kosher v'sameach, and we'll speak to you again after Pesach. Until then, this is your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashus Magazine. And if you want to reach us for any last-minute Pesach questions, 718-336-8544. 718-336-8544. Have a wonderful Zisim Pesach. <laughs>